Glory to God. My name is Alex and I'd like to welcome you to this special podcast. I pray that you are blessed mightily, that you may increase in the knowledge of God in all wisdom and speech understanding, you being fruitful in every work that you do, that your life will never be the same again, with you moving from one realm of glory to another, in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. I'd like to start with a story uh, that happened a number of years ago, actually 15 years ago, it was in 2005. Uh, because I love football, I love sport. Uh, it was at the time when Chelsea had just won the Premier League, I think for the first time in over over 50 years. So uh, their uh, CEO at the time, Peter Kenyon, uh, when he was asked uh, about the the forthcoming season, which was the 2005-2006 season, uh, when he was asked about whom he thought were the favorites for the title, he, he said uh, something that has never left my mind. He said he believed then that the championship was going to be won by a selected group of one, and that was Chelsea. And indeed, Chelsea went on to win uh, the championship leaving uh, the, the teams uh, basically just huffing and puffing because there is no way they were going to, uh, to, to match their abilities. I use that example uh, to bring to light what I want to talk about today. That is when we give our lives to, to the Lord, to Jesus Christ, we become actually his selected group of one. Uh, there's a man of God, uh, Smith Ugozua, uh, who said that there's something about the grace of God that he can make him, it can make him uh, ignore a hundred people and basically just come and look out for you. There's no truth in all the Bible that is as far-reaching as the blessed fact that when we are born again into the family of God, God the Father is indeed our Father. He is there to care for us. He is interested in each one of us individually, not just as a group or as a body or even as a church. He is interested in each one of his children and loves each one of us the same. There's a scripture in Ezekiel 36, uh, I think from verse 26. Uh, it says, A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you an heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. Okay? Do you notice the scripture talks about, and I will put my spirit within you? Okay? You see, you basically pick on the identity that He has given you pick on the identity that he has given you. That is why the scripture in John uh, uh, ch- chapter 1 from uh, verse 12 tells us that as many as received him to them he gave power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name. It starts with you believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Then the transformation begins happening in your life. It's, it's amazing how uh, when we give our lives to Christ, uh, the scripture says that, behold, uh, 
the old things have passed away and everything is become new. You might actually just look at it uh, in the surface, but there is actually more to it. And there is nothing on this earth that the Lord is not able to heal. Uh, I, I remember like uh, a few years ago when I first read uh, Kenneth Hagin's book, uh, Zoe, he gave an example about a girl who was born uh, 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 basically uh, she was a special needs child and uh, because uh, because of her cognitive abilities and because of the way that she acted there was no way that she would be able to fit with the, with the girls who were in her age category and because at the time there were no special needs classes uh, really uh, the, the world was still uh, uh, was, st was, still, was still in transcendence uh, into development. Uh, she was put in, in the same class with her, with, her, with, her, with her peers, really. But she kept on dragging and dragging and dragging. And I think when she reached around the age of 14, her parents just decided to put her out of, out of school because they noticed uh, it, it was just a waste of time. And in church, she used to come to church and basically just sit next to her mother and behave uh, the same way uh, a three-year-old behaves. Sometimes she would be seated and and she just lifts up uh, her dress and 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 she's she's sitting in in, in front uh, in front. It, it was really a sad thing for Kenneth again, and people wondering, okay, what can be done for this girl? She, she was most times unkept, she was uh, uh, virtually like, how, how, how you take a three-year-old? Then one time, uh, there was a special minister, I think, who came to church and, and he gave an altar call. Then this girl, uh, she must have been 18 now at, at the time also, she walked to the pulpit. Uh, she basically just followed her. She basically just followed what the other people uh, did, the ones who went in front. So she went with them as well and she stood. So while these guys gave uh, their, their lives Christ, of course she, she didn't know even what was happening because of her, her abilities. Uh, uh, when these people gave their lives to Christ, she also stood there and of course when they went back to their seats she also went back and sat next to her mother but something incredible changed about her something was triggered and something was poured into her spirit because Kenneth again says that the following week when she came back to church he saw someone who was very different all of a sudden, she was reasoning like an 18-year-old. She was smart, she was welcomed, and she sat attentively in church, attentively in church. And he was amazed by the power that the Lord is able to do in us. <laughs> Glory to God. He, he was amazed. It's, it's, it's one of the most incredible stories uh, that, that I have had. Uh, in my salvation walk and he goes on to say that around that time uh, she, she she went uh, to live i think with her uh, with her auntie and she met a certain uh, gentleman who, who was maybe around her age and, and 
they fell in love and <laughs> it, it, it is incredible and this, this story is incredible it is an incredible story uh, they, they fell in love and, and started dating uh, because this gentleman of course uh, was was also serving in the army there are times that he used to travel uh, because of uh, because of the wars that happened at the time it must have been the season of the second world war so uh, so they used to basically just communicate by writing letters but this is a girl who would barely write anything because well uh, m- most of her younger years where she should have learned these things well she she she, she couldn't reason uh, uh, and, 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 and then what this gentleman did uh, when he saw that okay it, it was becoming hard for him to really communicate with her and he was in a war zone and at the time the, the, the best uh, and the easiest way of communication for them was really through writing letters he asked his mother because this girl was staying with, uh, with his mother he asked his mother to teach this girl how to write. So it just shows you about the incredible power of God. This girl who had spent the first 18 years of her life and couldn't write was able to learn how to write. And the first time that she wrote a, a long letter, Kenneth again says that it was an eight-page letter to her, uh, her guy. Uh, who later on became a husband. The mother of the guy was so impressed by the letter that she brought the letter and showed it to Kenneth again. And he says that it was so incredibly written that you'd think that this is someone who had actually been to college. Everything was just so perfect, apart from probably just about two words which had been misspelled. It just basically shows you the incredible power that the Lord is able to do. You see, many a times in our situation, we are looking at things and we wonder where are the limits of God and how far can God go? You know, one of the scary scriptures uh, that I know of is, I think Psalms 78, uh, one that says, Yeah, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. You see, for those ones that limited the Holy One of Israel, these were the children of Israel who had seen God deliver them from Egypt into the land of their own, the promised land. Yet they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Yet they saw a miracle. There are many of us, when we give our lives to Christ, we kind of tend to put God in a bubble. We tend to put God on a bubble and we are basically just going to look at him from the things that he had done before, rather than the things that he's able to do. From the things that he has done before, rather than the things that he's able to do. You see, uh, in the situation that we are in, and the era in which we are in, and the season, okay, there is so much fear mongering because of the information that we have been fed. For example, I can give you a uh, this situation that we're in with the COVID-19. How many of us have been put in a place where we are actually trusting more in our government than 
what God is able to do and in what the Spirit of God is able to do. Okay? You see, going back to the scripture that I think I quoted earlier, John 1.12, it says, But as many as received him, then he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. How is it possible that when we get the power to become the sons of God, we are not able to trust him and believe that he's able to wipe away certain aspects that we thought were uh, imaginable uh, in our lives. How is it possible? There are so many things that God is able to do. Things that we have never seen happen. Things that we have never seen happen for as long as we believe and trust in Him. Because, you see, if we are sons of God, that means we have the identity. We have the DNA of God. Now, remember one time the man of God quoted that a lion cannot give birth to a god. It cannot. <laughs> so, like, the, the fact that there are certain miracles that we saw in the past does not mean that there are certain things that God is not able to do in the time that we live in. Living. Like, going back to that, uh, to that particular girl, like, I, I'd never imagined something like that. Uh, in, in my life, to, to be honest, until I read, until I read that book, and I was blown away by the incredible power of God and the things that He's able to do. And it's not just one thing. See, uh, when when you read about uh, 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 our history, uh, the Christian history from the, from the works of Jesus Christ, and even the men of God that came afterwards, and and even the past generations, even just here in the twentieth century, you'll be amazed by some of the things that. That, that happened. Uh, one, one thing that amazed me was, uh, I think, in 1906, between 1906 to 1909, during the Azusa Street Revival, uh, the, the one that was led by the man of God, William J. Seymour. Uh, there's, there's a testimony about a drunken, a drunkard man who entered, who entered into, uh, into, uh, into a meeting. And these guys were these, these, these guys were praying. It, it, it was a prayer meeting. Uh, he just stumbled into the meeting, and because he had noise, uh, and this man was actually blind as well. So uh, one ten-year-old boy came at the door and was trying to block him from entering because he thought, "Oh, this guy is a drunkard and he's going to basically just disorganize us." So the boy asked him, "Okay." What do you want from here? And, and the man was like, I've just come to witness what is here. Then the boy realized that this guy is actually blind. And what did the 10 year old boy do? He laid his hands on this guy. And this guy was able to receive sight. For as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. There is no sorrow on this, on this earth that the Lord cannot heal. There is none. There is none. We must understand that when we give our lives to the Lord, the believer and Jesus Christ are one. The Lord uh, Jesus Christ said in John 15, uh, 5, that I am the vine and you are the branches. 
when you look at a tree, you do not think of the branches as one part and the rest of the tree as another part, no? You don't. You see it as one, as a unity. We are one with Christ. Our spirits are one with him. Jesus is the head and we are the body. And the fact that we are one with him, the things that he did, even much more shall we do because of what has been bestowed in our spirits, the spirit that has been poured into us. You understand? When we know that the man on the inside, the real man, has been born again and is a new self in the Lord Jesus Christ, then we shall rule and reign over Satan. And there is no calamity that shall ever make us run and shall ever make us fuss and put us in a corner. You know, the most amazing thing about uh, <laughs> the era in which we live in, there's, there's so much talk about dominion. There's so much talk about us, the children of God, being in charge. But the thing is, not many of us are actually walking in the actual power that was bestowed upon us by the Lord Jesus Christ. We wouldn't want to be the kind of Christians who are going to back like lions, but then when something happens, we go back wallowing and mewing like cats in the back benches of religion just to wait for someone else who we presume to be more powerful to come and, and, and basically save us from our misery. <laughs> no, we are supposed to rule and reign over the enemy. The scripture tells us in First John uh, chapter 4, verse 4, that here of God the two children and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That is why continuously we should be conscious, we should be conscious of the blessings that have been bestowed upon us and the power that we have as the children of God. You see, we should know what we are able to do in Christ Jesus. We should know of the things that we are partakers of because we are saints in the light. We should know of our blessings. You see, we should know that after getting the redemption through our Lord Jesus Christ, we have the ability to do much more. We wouldn't want to be in a situation where we are in dire straits as the world is. No. <laughs> Scripture says that creation groans because they're waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. And in times like this, where the world is basically in sixes and sevens because of the so-called pandemic, where are we and where are we as a church? Are we also crying and wondering where God is? For how long are we going to seek at the bar? And for how long are we going to wait before we come at the forefront? to showcase what has been bestowed unto us and us being the real light unto the world. You know, these are things that have been given unto us. Col Colossians are 1, uh, 12 uh, to 14 uh, tells us that we give thanks unto the Father who has made us 
made to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. When this redemption comes, we ought to walk even as our Lord walked, and we are holy and without blame before him in love. Holy and without blame. You see, uh, one of the, uh, the, the most uh, quoted uh, scriptures, especially in, uh, in, in, this, uh, in these times, uh, because of what is happening around the world, was Second uh, uh, Chronicles, I think, 7 or 14. Seven, okay, uh, I think 13, 13 14. Uh, where, where Solomon received uh, a dream, uh, then the Lord uh, came and told him, Okay, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, okay, and turn away from their evil ways, then I shall hear them from heaven and I shall heal their land. Well, if the people that are called by my name. You see, the most amazing thing is that uh, we think, we think, even the body of Christ, we think that we are also supposed to be partakers of the plagues that happen here. A, a, a few, I think a few weeks ago, I was, I was having a discussion with a friend of mine in, in regards to this particular scripture and that time. And uh, I told him, okay, many of us are actually quoting the scripture because of the COVID-19, blah, blah, and, and so forth. And I told him, okay, but, but what is the context of this? How did this come about? How, how did it come about? Uh, the Lord appearing in a dream. Because if you notice, uh, in, in verse uh, in, in, in sorry, in, ch in chapter six uh, of Second Chronicles, the, in chapter six, uh, the Lord tells Solomon that he would rather dwell in darkness. He'd rather dwell in darkness. And, and so I asked myself like uh, quite a number of questions, okay? But I thought Solomon was building a temple for the Lord. Does it mean that the Lord was no longer interested in the temple? Like, why would the Lord rather dwell in darkness? Okay? I asked myself like, okay, then I checked uh, what was happening in, in chapter 7 and it shows us the dedication of the temple and uh, the amazing things uh, uh, that, that were dedicated. And I remember when I was younger, I used to be blown away by, I used to be blown away by, 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 by the number of, of cattle and, and whatever that was sacrificed unto the Lord. And I was like, wow, 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 wow. Wow, Solomon really loved the Lord. He sacrificed so much. But now when I read the scripture, I asked myself, okay, <laughs> what was Solomon cautious of when he was doing what he was doing? And 
the more I read, actually, this chapter 7, I, I forget, okay? Many times he kept on actually uh, quoting that, okay, the temple that I have built for the Lord. The temple that I have built for the Lord. The temple that I have built for the Lord. And in the previous chapter, the Lord had said that he would rather dwell in darkness, cloud. But Solomon said, mm, I have surely built you an exalted house and a place for you to dwell in forever. You see, what we believe is the context of that particular, particular scripture in 2 Chronicles 7, 13 and 14. It's because of what had happened around the time. There's a lot more that the Lord desired from his children much more than the temple, which Solomon had kind of put at the forefront to show that indeed he was honoring the Lord. There is a lot more that the Lord desired. That is why the scripture tells us in Psalms 51 verse 16, the psalmist saying, For thou desires not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delighteth not in burnt offering. Okay? This, this is the same uh, scripture that is uh, referenced in Hosea 6 6, and it's also referenced in Matthew uh, 9 13. The Lord uh, Jesus Christ saying, But go ye and learn what, uh, what that means. I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. Many of us, like in our work with God and in us trying to create our identity in God, we think it's all about doing certain things, but there's a lot more to that. And in this particular context, where the children of God had to humble themselves and pray, for the Lord to come and manifest and build the land is because many of them had kind of walked away from the Lord. Because in that particular scenario, you'll actually notice later on, uh, if, if you get time to read the scriptures, you'll realize actually Solomon takes, takes away if, uh, the daughter of Pharaoh, whom he had married, I think she was called Nama. He takes away the daughter uh, and, and, and says, okay, this is the holy place of the Lord. You don't belong you don't belong here you do not belong here takes her away and uh, leaves uh, the holy place of the lord so it's, it's kind of a situation where he uh, he hadn't worked really right with god and in as much as he had built the temple and even in his speech actually when you read that uh, uh, chapter 7 of second Chronicles, the glory of the lord actually showed up but the glory of the Lord showed up for the sake of the people because that that been there. But we can't run away from the fact that many of them had transgressed from the Lord. That is why he later came in, in a dream and told Solomon, okay, if the people that are called by my name, okay, shall 
humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn away from their wicked ways. Then I will hear them from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Coming back to the situation that we are in. Now, in the situation that we are in, the era that we are in, uh, giving just an example of the COVID-19. There is a scripture that I love so much, uh, which is in 3 John 2, which says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper, be in health, and even as thy soul prospers. There is a certain cloud that surrounds a child of God, and there are certain things that are not supposed to happen to the children of God. To the children of God. And so I, I, I kept on wondering and asking myself, okay, is, is the Lord really going to punish a child of God? Because there are certain things that are going to happen to the world and we children of God are not supposed to be affected by them. We children of God are not supposed to be affected by them. We are not supposed to be cautious of them because the scripture says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health. That means the Lord wishes about those things that are not be in that state of, of great health. Of great health. So why should I be scared about what is happening to the other world? Why should I be scared that I'm also in the same situation and in the same boat as the other people? And scripture tells us in Romans 8:2, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. That means we as children of God, we are supposed to give thanks unto the Lord because He has been, he's, he's the one who has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Of course, there are certain things that are not supposed to be happening in this era, especially the time that we, the children of God, are in charge. Now, like this uh, scenario where the whole world is, is, in, is in a mess and everyone is running and everyone is seeking solutions, <laughs> it's, it's amazing that the, the solution is right there in front of them, which is the church. But none of them has actually come to the church. And if they've come to the church, it's really to basically just ask for arms rather than get the actual have blessings that come from the Lord. So as children of God, because we receive the Christ, His Spirit is what is abiding in the inside of us and we are covered under His canopy. That is why all our fundamentals should be driven by what we cultivate in His, in His realm. We need to constantly cultivate the Spirit until we reach the fullness of God. Until we reach the fullness of God. Until we reach the fullness of God. It is a scripture that, uh, that I love, Ephesians 3. Uh, if we start from verse 14, for this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth 
and hide and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that ye be filled with all the fullness of God. So you are telling me when you're filled with the fullness of God that you can be able to contract a certain fullness? There is no way. There is no way because you carry the DNA of the Lord Jesus Christ in the inside of you. The Bible tells us, okay, the, the, the whole world is under the sway of the evil one. That is true. But, you know, we can only overcome this evil and the faith by knowing who we are and, those, and, and also whose we are so that we are partakers of this great light. We must understand that everything is central to the light of God. Everything is basically uh, connected to the light of God. We must know that the enemy cannot touch us because we are eternally blessed as children of God. We are. Scripture tells us in Ephesians 1 3 that blessed be the God and Father of our Lord who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Then the next verse uh, I think goes on to say, according how he chose us even before the foundation of the world. He chose us before the foundation of the world because that is our identity. We are the selected group of one, the children of God. <laughs> the children of God. That is why we must walk with this aura, knowing who we are and what we are able to manifest as children of God. When we know that the man on the inside, the real man, has been born again and is a new self in Christ Jesus, then we shall rule and reign over this enemy. And nothing can be able to touch us. Ye of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That is what the scripture tells us in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You are a child of God, and you are born from above. The same mighty spirit who raised Christ from the dead is the one that dwells in the inside of you. All things are possible with him. All things are possible with him that believes. That is what the scripture tells us. When we believe what the word of God tells us, we lose all the consciousness to anything that is uh, that is contrary to the word of God. Things like poverty, sickness, lack, depression, etc. It's from them that we release the Christ-like life which dwells in our inner man. And do not be deceived. There is no way it can be taken away from you. It is your identity. It is your heritage. We must walk with this knowledge from henceforth. Do know that the Lord wishes the best things for, for us. You see, many a times I meet uh, questions and uh, uh, probably they're going through a certain situation and someone tells you, you know, I've waited for so long. I've waited for so long, for so long. But how how is this going to happen to me? When is this thing going to happen? And, and to, to be honest, sometimes you, you really are, you, you really are, uh, don't have particular answers for certain things. But you see, 
scripture tells us in Mark 9:23 all things are possible to him that believes for as long as for as long as we believe all things are possible but what are the limits that we place on the lord and how far are we willing to go how far scripture tells us without faith it is impossible to please god he that comes to him must believe that he is and is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him uh, in this era that we are in to be honest there are so many Christians who are waiting to partake rather than seeking the lord <laughs> scripture tells us that i love those who love me and those that seek me i shall find him we must press on and seek to understand the fundamentals that make our question work to become a reality in regards to what the Lord bestowed upon our lives by these blessings that he gave us before the foundation of the world. That is the only way that we are going to be able to walk in dominion. That is the only way that we are going to indeed be the selected people one as the Lord chose us. You see, it's The, the truth of the matter is uh, with, with so much confusion that has happened uh, with the covid-19 and so so many things that are happening at the moment so, sometimes you you even sit with family and someone looks at you are a christian and they ask you certain questions and <laughs> for for lack of for lack of a better uh, 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 answer sometimes you don't even know what to say you don't know what to say because someone so sometimes even people go to the extent of mocking and are like okay if you if you call yourself a child of god how is it possible that you're also intimidated by this and this and this and this, and this? But that is not how things are supposed to be things did not end with the lord we cannot limit the lord according to the things that happened in the past The Lord tells us that behold I do a new thing. I do a new thing. There's something new that only the Lord can be able to do. That sometimes when we share certain miracles that happen in the past, someone might actually think, oh, there's no way this could have happened. But can you tell me that the Lord cannot heal through? <laughs> it's amazing you can actually call it it's saying you go like flu honestly i've read a story of a man who had had his hand amputated and he entered into a prayer meeting of william j seymour and he prayed and the hand grew in an instant and they actually men of god who quote that scenario yet here we are and we are worried about Senyego Mukambu like honestly it's time for us children of God to come and manifest and show forth the church that the Lord is going to find without spot and that is the end time church and for us to realize that in this season and for us to realize that in this era we need to start working even as He walked.
you see many of us are reluctant sometimes to find out how some of these people worked and how some of these people discovered some of these divine secrets but you know what at times we need to look for those ancient paths the ones that are talked about in Jeremiah 6:16 and find out these patriarchs these men of God and these people that have worked with God how did they reach the levels that they did what did they do to make them reach those those heights and how did they attune their spirits and how did they relate to a relate with God to be able to manifest the kind of blessings that I talked about you know all i can say at the moment as a close is in this era and knowing what the lord is able to do and knowing what our identity and what our blessings are in the lord jesus christ we should seek for the things that are eternal the things that are above because there is no way the lord is going to leave you there is nothing in this world that comes from the enemy that can affect you because the lord chose you even before the foundation of the world may the lord bless you